0: I referenced earlier that today is both Christ the King Sunday, which means it's the last Sunday on the Christian calendar of the Christian year. Next week, with the first Sunday of Advent, we will start a new church calendar year. Um, Very often I get up on that first Sunday and I'll say Happy New Year, and everybody thinks I've lost my mind in there. But we start with the anticipation of Christ's coming, we then study his life and his ministry. We come across Pentecost, the birthday of the church. We study the work of the church. And then we begin to look at Christ coming again. And on Christ the King Sunday, we finish the year celebrating that Christ is our Lord, our Savior, our King, the one who deserves our ultimate loyalty and the one who is coming again. We are ambassadors of his kingdom. That often comes, almost always, on the Sunday before Thanksgiving, Where we also want to talk about being thankful. Can you do both in a single service? I think we can, and I think we can precisely because Christ is our Lord and our King. Because whatever else may be going on, we can at least be thankful that Christ is our King, that we have Him in our life, and we know the comfort and joy of being in Christ Today, we are looking at a Thanksgiving Day passage out of the the letter of Paul to the church in Philippi, to the Philippians, chapter 4, verses 4 through 9. I invite you to hear God speaking to us through these words of Holy Scripture Be glad in the Lord always. And again, I say, be glad. Let your gentleness show in your treatment of all people. The Lord is near. Don't be anxious about anything. Rather, bring up all of your requests to God in your prayers and petitions, along with giving thanks. Then the peace of God that exceeds all understanding will keep your hearts and minds safe in Christ Jesus. From now on, brothers and sisters, if anything is excellent, and if anything is admirable, focus your thoughts on these things. All that is true, all all that is holy, all that is just, all that is pure, all that is lovely, and all that is worthy of praise. Practice these things. Whatever you learned, received, heard, or saw in us, the God of peace will be with you. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. If you will recall a few weeks ago, I asked you to do some things for me. As we prepare to move into this next stage of who we are going to be as the people of God here in Anniston and Calhoun County, who does God need us to be? To be those ambassadors of the kingdom of God. One of the things I ask you to do is give me 10 minutes a day reading through the book of Acts. Seven of those minutes looking at how the early believers handled confusion and uncertainty and unknown and obstacles to what they were doing. And then to spend three minutes sitting and listening, asking God, who do you need us to be? Not do, because we'll figure out the do when we figure out the be, but who does God need us to be? The other curious practice I asked you to do was to withhold criticism, to withhold negative statements, And to give those to God. When you notice something that you didn't like, have a conversation with God about it rather than your neighbor or your friend or the person next to you on the pew or one of the staff members. And then I went the next week a little beyond that and I asked you to find something good. Something you could say something good about. Some person, some piece of worship, some part of our church life, something going on. And to begin to look for the good In our passage today, we have Scripture telling us to do precisely that. To look for the good, to look for the excellent, to look for the kind, to look for the holy, to look for the worthy, and to focus on that. The reason is because we can get trapped in a negativity loop. And we want to break out of a negativity loop and break into a positivity effect. I found some research that talked about how does a person... Change a habit. Now, you may have, like me, heard that a new habit can be born in 21 days. The research doesn't really tend to support that. If it's a brand new habit, 21 days will do it. But if you're having to overwrite a habit with another new one, it's going to take at least 61 days, but more than likely anywhere between 6 months and 12 months. This also bears out when we think about addiction recovery programs. The 21 to 28-day programs have a lot less success than the ones that are 6 to 12 months because they walk with them for a longer period of time. When you no longer have the will to keep doing it and you have a stumble, there's someone there to help pick you up and put you back on the right path. So longer is better. It takes a little longer to do that. But the four steps that they talked about was the first thing you have to do is stop the negative. This was in particular about negative self-talk. I don't know about you, but my inner voice can say things much worse to me than I would let anyone else say to me. But the first thing you have to do is stop. Turn off the negative tape. Then you have to reframe the situation. What is good? What went right that I can focus on? Those are the two things I had asked you to do. We can learn from mistakes. Sometimes we learn more from the things that don't work than we do from the things that go right. Because now we've learned what didn't necessarily, we didn't just luck into it and have it go right. We can learn and we can grow. And it's part of growing as a disciple is we don't always get it all right. What did we learn from that? And how can I do better? And then sometimes the things we notice are ways that we are being invited to be part of the solution. So we could reframe the situation by saying, what is being put in front of me that I can help make better, that I can be part of the solution? Then we have to establish new patterns and savor positive moments. I don't know about you, but the last one was the one that surprised me, the idea of savoring the positive as a way of creating a new Habit in our lives. I'm not sure that we spend as much time as we should savoring those things that go well. I, however, am not surprised at all that this research lines up with what we see in Scripture, both in today's passage. I also thought about Second Corinthians chapter 10 verse 5. Paul tells the Corinthian church to take every thought captive. When you have a thought that is negative, you take it captive you catch it and you cut it off and you think of something else in the case of the corinthian church they had people coming in from the outside teaching doctrines and telling them things that didn't line up with what they had received from the apostles and paul is saying every time you find yourself sliding into that way of thinking make yourself aware catch it Remind yourself of what it is that we taught you, what you heard, what you saw, what you received from us. It also made me think of Romans 12 too, where we're encouraged to renew our minds. We do have to renew our minds to come around to God's way of thinking, to what Christ has taught us, and that's the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. The world will tell us a lot. It'll give us a way of thinking That is not always God's way of thinking. And we have to let our minds be renewed to the things God would have us to think and the ways God would have us look at the world. There is something called frequency illusion or the Bader-Meinhof phenomena. It's one that you've heard me reference before in sermons, but it means that we notice something once we have noticed it before. My example is always buying a car. I had a car that was acting up. The heater would come on very suddenly and it would blow full blast and there was nothing you could do to turn it off. Now in the winter, that's not a problem. Roll down the window, it'll cool off pretty quickly. But in summer, that's a little bit of a challenge. And so you arrive somewhere looking a little bit like a wet dog with a lovely mood to go with it. And so I needed a new car. And I didn't have time to go look for a new car, but Joseph did, and so I sent my husband, I said, just go buy me a car. If you go back and look on his social media, he asked some people, Tam's told me to buy her a car without her involvement. And they were all like, don't do it, it's a trap, don't do it. Don't do it. I only had a few criteria. No Dukes of Hazard orange, no pea soup green, and it needed to be of decent size. I need to put four people relatively comfortably in the car. And so he, of course, is sending me all these pictures of cars that don't meet the criteria, but he's looking at a Ford Fusion. I've never heard of a Ford Fusion. I said, as long as it's not a compact car, get it. And so he did. But you know what happened immediately after I started driving a blue Ford Fusion? Ford Fusions are everywhere. It feels like half the country's driving a Ford Fusion. I saw them everywhere I went. Because I had one and I had noticed it, I noticed it more. That also happens with noticing the bad. When we notice one thing bad, we notice everything else bad. Notice a piece of litter on the road and you will notice every other piece of litter on that trip while you're out. And that's what we have to catch ourselves. And instead, notice the good. Look for the good and the positive. Now, it's no surprise that this is the way our thinking Research shows that we are actually born with a little bit of a negative bias. It serves us well. It helps us suss out potentially dangerous situations that we need to avoid. And it's one of the reasons that children love the word no, 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 no. I noticed Wednesday night, um, Cassidy, one of our precious children, loves Mr. Carl, who helps us around here, loves him dearly. But there was something different about Mr. Carl Wednesday night, and Cassidy did not love that. And so Mr. Carl went from being in her group of favorite people to being in her group of people she wasn't having anything to do with, and it broke Mr. Carl's heart. But that was Cassidy's negativity bias kicking in. I don't know about this. I don't know what's going on. We're born with that. More than two decades of study at Stanford University tell us that this actually decreases with age. Older people tend to remember and lean toward the positive more than younger people do. Now, I don't know about you, but that turns upside down a stereotype that young people have no ability to see danger coming. They just plow headlong. They never think about anything. And that old people... Kind of cantankerous and cranky, but really and truly, the studies show that older people tend to look at the positive, they tend to be more positive. And when they kept researching, one of the reasons is because young people are still starting out in the world, they're looking for all the obstacles that will impede them. They're new, they don't have their feet under them just yet. But older people, they got a little more life experience they've survived everything life's thrown at them so far, and they know that they can survive some of that stuff. They're a little more confident and a little more secure. And so what they concluded was, our ability to be positive really has more to do with a feeling of security than it does with age. My friends, we have been living in times where we don't feel very secure we don't know what's happening with the economy. We don't know what's happening with the world. We don't know what's happening with our denomination. We don't know what's happening with the church in America. We don't know what's happening with our retirement account, with our house value, with car prices. We don't, we don't feel very secure. And so what we do is to begin to look for every potentially dangerous situation and we can get caught in that negativity loop that's not helpful for us. To make ourselves be able to become more positive, we have to become more secure. And I want to suggest that one of the places you can find security is in Jesus Christ, is in your faith. Your faith is an anchor that will hold. Whatever else might be happening in the world around you, God has promised never to leave you or forsake you. When Jesus sent us out into the world from the first disciples to us today, he says, I will be with you until the end of the age. He sends us out together. He groups us in congregations, little mini pockets of the family of God to support one another so that we don't have to feel alone and lonely and stranded, but we can support one another. Now, when I say become positive, I'm not suggesting that we become naive. Naivete doesn't help us either. I'm just saying we want to make sure that we hear the caution to also see the good in the world. It is a warning. It is a remedy. It is a caution against becoming a total complainer and a completely negative person. I'm also not surprised they've done studies on this and there is actually a ratio of positive to negative that you need to notice. For every negative you experience, you need to look for po- five positive things. That's the right balance to help keep you feeling good about yourself and about the world. If for every one thing you notice, you find five good, it offsets that way of thinking. I'm also not surprised That science and research have discovered what God already told us in Scripture. That we have to make an effort to focus on the good and the positive, to not get caught in all of the negative. It's not surprising at all to me that the God who created this world and created us also understands how our feelings and our brains work, and that we need to focus on the good. It really isn't as hard to do as it sounds if you just carve out a little time. And because I wanted to to practice what I preach, I did that. What are the things that I can be thankful for? Now, it's really common. We pull this off the shelf and we do it for the November 1 to Thanksgiving. And then we tend to put our thankfulness back on the shelf and we'll pull it out next fall with next Thanksgiving. But we're called to live it as a lifestyle all the time. I discovered that I had so very much to be thankful for. I want to share just a few of them with you. Now on brothers and sisters if anything is excellent if anything is admirable focus your thoughts on these things all that is true all that is holy all that is just all that is pure all that is lovely all that is worthy of praise the old hymn says count your blessings i invite you to count your blessings Let's pray. Almighty, gracious, and loving God, we have gathered here to worship and to praise you. Cultivate within us glad and grateful hearts. Help our thanksgiving to pour forth from us. Renew our minds as we take every thought captive to you. And we become ambassadors of your kingdom in this world, looking for the good lifting up the good for others to see and being the good when you lay an opportunity before us. May all that we do and say and think and are glorify and honor you. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. We're being thankful.